3, 2, 1, roll the footage! Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm Simon Severino, your host, and my guest today consults to Fortune 500 corp corporations, and uh, he is an HR operations uh, expert and business strategy expert. He is also author of What Millennials Really Want from Work and Life and Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief. His latest book, Be Your Own Commander-in-Chief, is out March 2nd, so last week. And welcome, everybody, Yuri Krumen. Thank you very much for having me, Simon. Pleasure to speak with you. Excited because you have a CEO tip that helps us to open thousand doors, and that is via conversational intelligence. I want to hear everything about it, but first, what are you currently creating? I'm creating a course based on my book. I'm trying to make it much more digestible, straightforward. The book is basically a horizontal integration across a number of different um, self-help subjects and business subjects. And uh, for that reason, I think it lends itself to a course, which is exactly why I'm working on it. Cool. And how can we open 1,000 doors? First, you got to knock on probably 10,000. <laughs> but aside from that, not to discourage anyone, um, I would say that you really need to understand language and psychology above everything else. You don't always have to be an expert in where you're trying to go. In fact, most people clearly are not experts. If you're trying to change careers, as I've done five times at least, maybe even six technically, you really you need to understand not just the kind of you know keywords and, and buzzwords and all that stuff. You really need to understand it's it's almost like guild mechanics, right? So let's say you're a lawyer, you're part of the lawyers guild. Okay, well what do you know what do lawyers talk about? Is it is, is it you know is it about their schooling or is it about their cases or is it about uh, you know what they ate for lunch yesterday, right? So a lot of a lot of these things it's layers of information that you can't really get other than by interacting with people in that guild, whether law, finance, medicine, or consulting, or what have you. So a lot of it is just familiarizing yourself with what do people care about, and then realizing, actually, most people are pretty similar. They talk about the same kinds of things. Yeah, it might be sports, it might be their food, it might be their family. Um, but when you talk shop, you know, let's say if you're a consultant, right? I mean, I before I was a consultant, <clears throat> probably had some elements of mindset, but I, I I didn't know. I mean, my my wife my wife was a consultant for At Kearney for one of the one of the big ones, so I got glimpses into that. How do they do work? What do they talk about? How do they do their strategy? How do they do their operations? You know, what do their templates look like? Their decks, right? You can go and learn all of this stuff online for free because it's floating around. Millions of examples. So, bottom line is, before you even go knocking on the doors. You got to have some sense of what does this person care about? What value can I add to them? You know, I'm not going to send some kind of random deck template to a very experienced consultant because like what value is there in that? Right. So you, you need to understand what is going to be truly valuable. Ideally, it's something connected to your zone of genius, meaning it's something that's that you love doing. You're incredible at it. You can probably create it with very little effort more or less with your eyes closed and one hand behind your back. And 
that kind of cross-pollination or at least a preview of that cross-pollination is usually what opens doors because people, you know, they may not like candy because now candy is, you know, evil, but they like the candy of somebody's trying to offer me real value before I ask, before I pay, before I do anything. All I have to do is, you know, pick up the phone, answer the email. That's how you start the conversation. You have to really understand what they value and give it to them and not expect anything in return. And yeah, maybe you do it 10,000 times, maybe 10% of people will get on the phone with you and some percentage thereof goes down until they become clients. That's powerful. Before you send anything, people, stop and reflect what's their pain point, what do they need to solve, what's next for them, and then you think of your intervention. I'm so pumped who you pick for the strategy award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategysprints.com. You can pick only one person who gets the award. Who is that person? There's someone very special. Um, I bought her book recently. Um, I haven't met her in real life, but I love her work. Um, Dr. Um, Jekysambayeva. Mm. She wrote something, um, Nadia, Dr. Nadia Jekysambayeva, I should say. She wrote the Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, How to Thrive in Chaos, which, which is a brilliant book. Also happens to be beautifully designed, beautifully laid out. I think... She's absolutely right. I, I quote her in my book. Um, I, I talk about this quite a bit. Reinvention, as, as, as she says, and I, I believe as well, really is the most important skill of our time. Because, you know, there's, yes, you can talk about automation and, and, and machine learning and, and, you know, all of these kinds of forces in the economy. Um, you have to be able to reinvent, not, not in some kind of branding way. I look at it through coaching. Who am I really? Right, what is aligned to who I am, to my mission, my values, and, and you know what I give people, and then what does that look like in the next iteration? Right. So, if, if who am I really? This is something that in our community many people are discussing. How can I be more uh, of the true self? How can I bring it more into my business as a CEO, as a business owner, as a consultant? I'm curious. How do you help people? find their the true nature being more true to to their core i know this sounds funny but even with consulting clients before i do any other work with them i sit down and okay of course there's a project plan there's a timeline there's a budget you know all the all the formalities but before i really get down to business i say look let's sit down let's figure out what role are you playing in your business what is your life mission what are you what are you trying to leverage your business to, let's say, achieve in 10 years? Not when you're 120, it's about your legacy for your life. Not for the next year or two, because that's largely irrelevant. Okay, 10 years out, what does success look like to you? Okay, meaning visualize it. Are you, you know, in your, I don't know, fifth house in the Bahamas? Or uh, are you driving a convertible, you know, with that gorgeous woman who's your wife, you know, Pick, pick the visuals, like it's powerful. And then that becomes almost like manifestation, but more importantly, just, okay, go backwards. Say, um, I don't know, I wanna cure AIDS in Thailand in, uh, I don't know, 10 years. Okay, great. So what do I need to do that? Because I'm not a, I'm not a pharma biotech guy. Raise a ton of money, hire a team, create a company, create the drug, get it FDA approved, go to Thailand, lease with the health ministry. I don't know, get them their antiretrovirals and then your blockbuster drug and 
bam, 10 years success. Great, awesome. For somebody else, it's something totally different. Subjective, that's you, life mission, 10 years. Work backwards on the timeline. Where do I need to be at year one, two, three, five, 10? It's more digestible, more realizable. It's, it's somehow more real. Okay, then you're in your zone of genius. Again, you love what you're doing. You're really good at it. You're adding massive value to clients, okay? And you choose the one role that you would keep if you had a billion dollars, if you weren't worried about money, prestige, or anything else. And you got to do that thing nine to five, okay? That's what should be your job, or that's how you should be serving clients, because that's your full energy. That's your full talents. You're, you're really fully present there. You're not struggling. You're not putting yourself in a cello case, pretending to be someone else. Okay. Number two is values. Okay. What, what does that mean? Look, look at the people in your life who've really, really pushed you to be your best self and your best professional. Okay. Who are those people? Be very specific. Is it your uncle? Is it your professor, mentor, advisor, investor, someone's podcast you listen to, someone's book you read, right? Who are those people? What are their personality traits? Are they kind, generous, hilarious, brilliant? What's going on there? Hey, why is that important? Oh, I, do, I don't choose my client. Of course, you choose your clients. You choose the people you work with. Filter by that. Filter by the values that will help you grow and go out of, out of your shell toward where you want to go, toward your goals and your life mission. Number three is outcomes. So what is your energetic profile? What outcomes do you like to deliver to other people? Are you an evangelist? Are you someone who gets up, oh, let's do this. Let's build this. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Okay. Are you an operator, timeline budget? No nonsense. Are you a caretaker? Hey, are you all right? Can I, can I help you? Can I coach you? Can I get you better coffee? Are you a niche expert? Are you someone who likes talking about something very, very narrow and you... Well, you know, this is so important, uh, you know, this, this uh, I don't know, text, this ancient text. Okay, maybe. Um, some people are brilliant strategists, right? We're coming back to strategy here. Maybe you like drawing maps. Maybe you grew up with, you know, 10 layers of maps in your head. You have the, uh, you know, geography, topology, you have the geopolitics, all that. And it's, it's somehow layering in your head. And you're that person who pulls all these things from different disciplines and different people in here you are. Wow. Okay. So that's in your work outcomes. And then the last one is role. Not your title, not your work, in your personal life. Who are you in your personal life? Which of those outcomes do you seek? And for most people, there's that Chinese wall between what you do at work and what you do at home. And you're, you're considered lucky if you do the work that you really care about in both places. Shouldn't be that way. Doesn't have to be that way. Okay. So in your personal life, in your family, among your friends, in your community, you play a certain role. Maybe you're a caretaker. Maybe you're an evangelist, what have you. Fine. No problem. You may have done all of those things. But if you have to choose one and stick with it and outcomes and role have no wall between, what are you doing? What does that look like? Okay, so those are the four pillars of my methodology. That's that's all in the book, and that's that's the heart of my coaching for all coaching clients for sure, but consulting as well. Because when you have that clarity of that alignment up front, something clicks. You're like, you know what? Okay, I need to delegate more because I'm way too deep in the weeds. I should stop doing HR work because I'm not an HR person, and that's just that doesn't make any sense. So like, okay, go do that. No problem. That's your that's your strength. And you know what? I, I need to be crystal clear about my timeline. I don't want to just run a company for the hell of it. I have certain goals that I need to meet. 
that's where the conversation starts. Then you can talk tactics, strategy, and all that. But start with the human. That's that's my premise. That's a strong checklist and a beautiful set of practices that uh, people can rewatch, rehear, and and really implement. It's powerful. One thing that resonates a lot with me is I imagine myself as a billionaire, what is the one thing that I sit down to do every day? Obviously, I don't have to do it. What will I do? Because I have to do it, but for an intrinsic uh, reason, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yep. All right. Which three books shaped you most? <laughs> we, we could be here all night, but um, I'll try to be merciful. Um, keeping with the theme of reinvention. So I mentioned um, uh, Dr. Nadia Jekhambayeva's uh, book, The Chief Reinvention Officer Handbook, How to Thrive in Chaos. That's I really can't overstate how fantastic this book is. I strongly recommend it. Um, there is another book by James Altucher. Um, I, many listeners may be familiar with him. He's worked in, you know, I don't remember how many, seven different industries, something like that. Um, he's had, I think by his own count, he's had 17 fail- failures and three successes. He's run hedge funds. He's designed websites for HBO. He's been involved in uh, Bitcoin, a lot of different things. And he's, he's one of my, one of my almost, I don't know if, to call him a hero is almost doing a disservice, hero, anti-hero. Um, this guy, he kind of like turns himself inside out and he like spills his guts. He's like, look, you know, I went through, I don't know, two divorces and, you know, all these failures and like people didn't take me seriously and blah, blah, blah. Yet here I am. Here's what I'm working on. And, and like, you know, let's let's keep going. So this guy really helped me. He was one of one of the most foundational people uh, to help me tell my story and, and be genuine and transparent about it and kind of full Monty kind of thing. And he's all over the place. Which book or which yes. which medium should we pick to, to take that inspiration? I like the book Reinvent Yourself. I think that's about two books ago. Um, that was that was really hard hitting. Again, part of partly because I, I see a lot of my own journey in there. And again, I, I really I really appreciate that that type of you know that type of thing. Um, there's another book, David Friedman's Range, uh, which retroactively helped me to kind of consolidate what I already had believed from the beginning. This this myth of you know a lonely genius kind of hammering the same nail for ten thousand hours and then being the best at it. That's that's just not how it works in practice. Apparently, maybe in golf if you're Tiger Woods, but if you look at you know whether it's athletes or Nobel Prize winners, they're almost always involved in multiple disciplines before they start focusing or even after they focus, okay? Um, So someone like Roger Federer, I think he started focusing exclusively on tennis after playing soccer and a bunch of, you know, I'm sure he did skiing as well. Um, Only at 20, 20 years old. How, what, right? So David Freeman goes through all these different examples. Again, a lot of uh, top scientists that are Nobel Prize winners, they've changed disciplines multiple times. And in fact, that's not a handicap. It's not like, well, you got distracted. In fact, it enriches their ability to to kind of look at things critically, not just skeptically, but actually critically and understand that, okay, certain disciplines are, um, you know, they don't have enough air and light permeating them. So let me bring those things because that's that's how the, the truth gets uncovered and how we evolve as, you know, as a society through science. 
um, grade book. Um, again, I've seen that in practice time and time again. Um, my mom is someone who's changed disciplines as a scientist multiple times. And, you know, I've seen her succeed in, in all of those different areas. Um, so very powerful message. You don't have to be a one trick pony. Please don't be. So what this is main message, you can, you can still pivot and thrive, but also you don't have to do it all alone. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly not a lonely journey, but I would say that, you know, don't feel obligated to, um, to always kind of, you, you have to be doing something for, you know, 30 years. In fact, no, I, I found, I can tell you again, I'm, I'm not calling myself necessarily the top expert in anything, but I've switched careers either five or six times, depending on what you count as a change you know, often spending two or three years in something. There's there's no way you can come close to the top of anything without spending at the very, very least about three, four years. That's that's what I found. Okay. But I've picked up a lot of different things from academic neuroscience, where I started from law. I have the degree and the debt to prove it. <laughs> um, I worked in finance um, to pay the bills, right? Compliance and credit risk. Then I went over to health tech and I walked in off the street. Again, you know, this kind of conversational intelligence, that's something I've been very good at. But in the past, it was like, what, why am I convincing people to hire me when I don't, I probably shouldn't be in that company or in that space. Nevertheless, I walk in off the street and I do finance and operations in a VC backed startup, which is insane, crazy. Never learned so much, but I burned out. I had no clue, you know, how to manage all those things. Then this I went. Huh? This Sorry. is super relevant because right now so many of the listeners need to pivot because the world has completely changed. So we need permission to pivot from, from ourselves, from within. And I, I remember Peter Draka, who, who always said, I change my hobbies every two to three years to stay fresh, to stay curious, to stay in the beginner's mind, beginner's energy. Yep. But in terms of my research field, my main work, which is describing management as a craft, as a science, I will always stick to it because that's where I, I, I build over the long term. And, and so many, including myself, have this picture that if you want to be top 1%, you have to stick for a very long time to delivering. Of course, for top 10%, you can go broader and refresh yourself. But for top one, you should really stick to it. Now you are saying, hey, Federa, many other examples where it's not the case. Let's let's be clear. I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up this point. It's, it's absolutely critical. So for me, I, I didn't have a clear descriptor of that field, which is always there that I'm always working on and in which you know, I'm one of the best. I finally found it when I started writing this book. Um, again, we'll talk about that separately, but essentially what this book is, it's it's a horizontal integration of self-help and business, the subjects that I, I found to be most important. I'm coming, coming in as someone highly schooled, you know, but before the process, I had very few life skills, if any. So I had to learn from scratch. I had to get rid of a whole bunch of baggage from my head because, you know, maybe it's over-education or maybe it's trauma, baggage, you, you name it. Um, and I had to, I was pretty good in dealing with other people, but again, for what? Like, what was the big picture? There was no big picture. It was just like, I have to pay the bills. I have to support my family. This sounds like a good idea. It's going to pay well. Terrible idea. And then the, the last piece, well, again, we'll talk about this more, but uh, God and the universe. You have to have some kind of overarching 
you know, why, why am I doing this? Why did I go through trauma, etc.? But why, going back to Peter Drucker, exactly what you said. So in writing this book, this horizontal integration, which I, I didn't see anywhere in the market, a lot of verticals and, you know, tips and tricks and all that, the 1% thing that I've always been doing my whole life ever since I was a kid was what, I, what I've coined as personal behavioral economics. I haven't seen that term anywhere. If, if someone has created it, amazing. I, I'm happy to give credit. I haven't seen it anywhere in print. So for me, it's, it was a question of how do I climb out of this deep hole? Whether that's you know figuring out who I am, whether that's uh, figuring out okay I'm in a new country because I'm I'm an immigrant right I came at nine, whether it's you know getting over all my baggage whatever I'm a child of divorce, uh, yada 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 everyone has their baggage right. Professor But, Jack Fishkatri is writing Jack of all, good at some, expert at one. I think this should be the learning profile. Love it. You should you should trademark that. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so there, there is absolutely right. I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm thrilled that you brought up this paradigm because no, wait, wait, there is no shortcut. We are not. <laughs> There's no shortcut, right? Yeah, you can jump, and I've had to jump, but you're always collecting something. You're drawing some map. You're, you're. It's not just knowledge. It's, it's your critical view of all the different layers and and how to connect them and what to take out, right? So you're, you're. You're building and you're destroying a system constantly. Something is always in flux. So for me, that's personal transformation of behavior through language and psychology. And that's what I'm calling personal behavioral economics. Hmm. I like that. So there, there are two levels in your model. There is the constant and there is the changing part. Yes. And... Um, And the constant part is the high performance, but the changing part is where you renew, you mm -hmm. reskin, you reinvent, right? Exactly. Yes. So it's it's a dynamic system, clearly, right? Mm -hmm. I because I didn't have any any frame of reference, but I again I was always maybe hyperactive. Maybe that's my my issue. I've always been really hyperactive in in analyzing people because you know i've been screwed over many times i grew up you know maybe a, a bit naive probably quite naive um you know being an immigrant and you know bright bright eyes big city that kind of situation and i stepped into a lot of new fields just again because i'm intellectually curious i'm a kid at heart i think it's it's not a bad thing unless you, until you get screwed so after getting screwed enough and kind of you know bumping up against the wall here and there you kind of okay what's going on here how can i prevent that from happening again how do i not step on the same steaming pile of excrement right so you you start really analyzing people on multiple multiple levels right and you kind of okay where's culture where's language you know where's profession where's schooling you know who's connected to whom all the different networks of, of people so it's all of these dynamic systems that inform conversational intelligence Right before I go in into any conversation, that's first of all I have to choose. I have to make sure it's worth my time. Right, I'm not even talking about the other person. If it's worth my time and I'm going to give it 300% attention, I'm going to do every kind of research you can imagine to understand the person. Where are they coming from? Are they selling me something? Do they need something from me? Can I help? If I can help, who else can help? Right. So it's it's looking at conversation as a unit. It could be a unit of business, a unit of charity, whatever. But it's it's a pipeline where the more work I do up front, 
the, the greater the return, which means I spend a lot less time on it. If I can help them, great. If they can help me, awesome. If we can collaborate, even better. If we can do business, fantastic. But there's a framework and a way to push the conversation along in, in a very structured and, and thoughtful way without losing a sense of humor, which is very important. So you are right now in the second week promotion of your book, as we are doing right now. And uh, so many people right now in our community, in our masterminds, are either writing uh, a book or promoting their book. And so the discussion is how, how to do a good, intelligent, conversational book promotion. So how do you do it? What are, what are your tactics, strategies to promote your book? Don't throw the kitchen sink. <laughs> Keep your kitchen sink. You need to think about it in multiple layers. First of all, what's your goal for your book? Is it a business card? Are you trying to create a bestseller? Vastly different kinds of tactics and strategies. For me, you know, sure, I would love for it to be a bestseller. Do I expect that necessarily? No, because I don't have a quarter million dollars to end up on the New York Times bestseller list. Fine. <laughs> Let's say I'm just, I have relatively pedestrian goals. I want to sign more consulting clients. I want to sign more coaching clients and I want to create that course, which will hopefully create some kind of recurring revenue. Okay. So with that in mind, my set of, you know, agenda items for marketing podcasts, right? Right to the point. Here we are. Um, yeah. So podcasts, live shows, um, it's a newsletter. I started a newsletter before I launched the book. It, it, it took a bit of, you know, teeth pulling for myself. Um, I have a good friend of mine who's also a coach. I'm part of his mastermind. He kept pushing me, pushing me, do it, do it, do it, do it. It's already brought me, you know, at least one client so far. Um, so the, the newsletter is connected to the book because it's almost the same title. It's your own commander in chief newsletter. The book is be your own commander in chief. Um, then, you know, there is just, you know, Facebook posts, there's LinkedIn posts, there's looping people in that I quote, I still probably need to do more of that. I quote many, many different people. Um, you know, I mentioned a couple, but when I also interviewed, this is another interesting tactic that I learned. You want to interview people for the book because they're already invested in it. They're going to be much more likely to publicize the book when it launches and uh, make sure those are top people, some kind of, you know, CEOs or they've won awards or what have you, right? So you have you have a, a virtuous cycle of you including them, them helping to promote you to their networks. How did you how did you reach out to them if if you didn't have a connection up front? I'll tell you. So I, I look at again, it's more more kind of like network intelligence. So you look at uh, whom do I know who might know that person. Maybe I can get an introduction. Maybe I can just add them on Facebook. Um, you know, I did that a couple times. Whom whom do I know? Or maybe I share a background with them. A lot of the people that I interviewed, they they share a similar background. We're we're all immigrants. You know, maybe they're I don't know. 10 or 20 years ahead of me in, in the process, but they're much more likely to talk to me because they see my name, they see my background. They're like, ah, oh, okay, I get it. All right. So start, start local, maybe hyper local. I'm sure, you know, you know, people that are very good at what they do. Maybe they're CEOs, you know, again, top speakers, top writers, I don't know, something like think about what's relevant, reach out to them with value they're not going to bother if you don't have much to offer. So either you're coming with some kind of solid platform or you're helping to promote their business in some meaningful, thoughtful, relevant, and revenue-filled way. Um, 
and that's really it. Start small and just see how high you can go. I was surprised. People were very friendly. People, you know, gave me at least a half an hour of their time. They gave some excellent tips, like you know what uh, I asked them. Okay, if you if you could implant that chip in your employees' brain brains with all of that information that they may not have or they don't understand, what would you put on it? And like, all these great tips, you know, there's taking ownership, time management, uh, da 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 da. Great stuff. It's in there. Now they're invested. You know, I put quotes. That's another thing you can do. Uh, reach out to people in your network, maybe people that you quote in the book or that you interview in the book for quotes. So again, it's a mutually reinforcing cycle in the right direction. And then um, in addition, yeah, I mean, I also got a publicist. I've done my own PR. I write for multiple uh, platforms, all that stuff. So it's it's a multi-pronged approach. There's also room for Facebook ads. Um, you know, there's room for uh, promotions around, you know, you want to give away free trainings, you know, valued at a few hundred or a thousand bucks. Um, and, you know, just sending your receipt. You know, there's, there's no shortage of ways to do it. I, I may not be the world's greatest marketer. I'm not exactly Neil Patel or Seth Godin, any of that, or Jonah Berger. But it's nice to see my little my little book next to theirs and I don't know why multi-level marketing. That was the category in which I was number one briefly. Beautiful. Happen. Thank you for sharing the journey and the tactics with sure. us. Where can people uh, get your your newsletter subscribed? Okay, so if you if you look at uh, Commander in Chief, no dashes, no dots, just one word, Commander in Chief. That's my newsletter. Cool. And what did you recently change your mind about? What did I change my mind about? Um, <laughs> well, consulting is such a thing that, um, you know, first, in the first some time you struggle to get clients because who are you and then like, what do you offer? And let's say for me, HR is a four letter word. So it's a lot of education and convincing and, and finding maybe a Trojan horse, maybe, you know, talk about the financial model with them because, oh, find the finances, finances. And then you talk about HR later. Um, you know, you get to a certain point where you're suddenly like, okay, I'm getting traction. Um, and you, you've realized that there's a cap on your time. And suddenly you're like, yeah, how, how am I going to manage these, you know, all these projects? So, um, you know, there's hiring, there's, you know, process, all that good stuff. But at a certain point you realize you have to sell the pickaxe. You have to sell the shovel, right? You don't want to be prospecting for gold all your life because it's exhausting and you die. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you look at, uh, I, I keep mentioning, a. Uh, Dr. Nadia Jacksonbaeva, she runs a group, Chief Reinvention Officer Group. So she probably does some consulting, but a lot of what she does is these masterminds and she teaches people how to get to her level, which I think is is fantastic. So what I've changed my mind about is that, you know, okay, I mean, that that has, the consulting thing has an endpoint, And I think it's in some ways a lot more um, time effective to, to run those mastermind groups and maybe do speaking on top if that's an alternative you don't always have to be on the road or split between you know 10 projects absolutely or you certify people in your method like i'm doing so you can sit at home but still have a lot of impact and and help many people precisely or you write a book which is exactly what flies for you and helps people mm -hmm. or both absolutely and uh, who should be my next guest 
I don't want to say her name again, but you've heard it. Um, if she hasn't been on yet, she, you've, you've got to speak with her. She's, she's super engaging, really dynamic, brilliant. Uh, it doesn't hurt. Um, I think that your listeners would really would really have a great treat in listening to some of her insights because she's she's done all the Fortune 500 consulting and and she kind of she has this really particular view which I think is a couple heads taller than most others in in seeing sort of what's coming and how to deal with it. I think for a lot of your listeners that'll be very helpful. Yuri, did I forget to ask you anything? My shoe size, <laughs> ten, <laughs> 10 and a half US, 45 <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing so generously the tactics, which are really a checklist. So people go back, listen to it, write it down, do it. And uh, buy the book. Thank you, Yuri. Come back soon. Thank you, Simon. It's a pleasure. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.